0: Last spring, Mando and I attended a meetup that, as mentioned in Episode 1, gave us an opportunity to connect with other industry reps, discuss the future of the cannabis landscape, and also convince a handful of reps to come on the shake to explore all things cannabis so that the industry and the community can both benefit from their insight and invaluable content. Our mission at Trio Solution has been to create a content platform to promote education create awareness of the industry and provide invaluable insight that we believe the industry, medicinal and recreational community will benefit from. That day we had an opportunity to connect with Sybil Taylor, the CMO at MetaFarm Labs. We realized we both shared a common connection to the cannabis industry and that was through a medicinal relationship, mine of course with Crohn's disease and hers via her mother. It got us chatting about, as you guessed it, all things related to cannabis and to our delight, she agreed to join us on The Shake. In early July, we had the pleasure of recording an episode with Sybil and to get a better understanding of MetaFarm Labs, their brand, their initiatives, promises and what it means to be Canada's leader in extraction as
1: well as an array of other topics. Now sit back, relax and get ready for Episode 7, Season 2 of The Shake, A Session You'll remember. Welcome podcasters, this is Mando Dillon. And this is Jay
0: Mozaria of The Shake, brought to you by Treehouse Solution Content Media Platform.
1: Stick around, because for the next 50 minutes we'll be discussing cannabis with industry leaders and influencers. Today we are speaking with Sybil Taylor, Chief Marketing Officer at Medifarm Labs. Medifarm Labs are the leaders in cannabis extraction services and purification. They've invested in an expert team, state-of-the-art technology, advanced methodologies, and a purpose-built facility. Medifarm Labs' goal as one of the top cannabis extraction companies is to deliver pure, trusted and precisely dosed cannabis concentrates and advanced derivative products. We will discuss their forward-thinking strategies, as well as Medifarm Lab's cannabis extraction that brings together prominent professionals from diverse industries to develop unique strategies for the evolving global cannabis landscape.
0: Thanks for joining us on The Shake today, Sybil. How are you doing?
2: Hey, really good. Thanks for having me on, guys.
0: So would you mind telling our listeners where you're joining us from today?
2: Sure, I'm up in Barrie today at Medifarm Lab.
0: We're excited to have you on as the guest of The Shake. Mando and I both met you back at the meetup in early spring, and we're looking forward to the information and insight you'll provide to our listeners, the cannabis community, and industry. So let's get the ball rolling. Uh, Would you mind highlighting some of your past education as well as industry experience, and what made you pivot into the cannabis industry?
2: Uh, I went through business school, and since graduating, I've been a career marketer. I've spent the majority of my career in the beer industry. Uh, my husband and I were founders with other partners of Steam Whistle Brewing, and after about 20 years of working there, um, we both retired. I spent about six months taking care of my mom, who at the time was, was suffering um, through stage four ovarian cancer. And it was at the end of her chemo treatments that uh, my sisters and I finally convinced her to try medical cannabis to relieve some of her symptoms and so my eyes were a little bit open to that you know like mm-hmm. to see to see a loved one uh really impacted uh, positively by cannabis was really a, a pretty life-changing experience um but meanwhile because i had spent so much time in the alcohol industry a regulated market mm-hmm. um and obviously with a recreational consumer I was beginning to be recruited uh, to come into cannabis, so a lot of things sort of aligned to have me uh, make the switch from beer to cannabis in January, uh, a year and a half ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, that sounds like the perfect transition. Uh, so before we go any further, would you mind discussing your role at Medifarm Labs?
2: Sure, I'm Chief Marketing Officer of Medifarm Labs, so I oversee any branding uh, activities for the company. Uh, Obviously, I have a a large role to play in in the investor side of things as well as our corporate communications. Mm -hmm. And because we don't have our own consumer-facing brands or patient-facing brands, I work closely with uh, the people that we do contract manufacturing for to bring their brands to life uh, that we obviously assist in producing.
0: So I think our listeners, as well as Mando and I, Uh, are really, really interested to know how your time at Steam Whistle prepared you for the cannabis industry, and if there are any parallels you noticed.
2: Well, there's a lot of similarities between alcohol and and cannabis. They're both highly regulated industries, albeit cannabis even more so than alcohol. Obviously, the consumers are quite similar. You know, all Canadians that are of the age of majority are potential consumers, Mm -hmm. and especially coming from the craft beer segment where we weren't necessarily advertising on the basis of lifestyle, but more about the actual attributes of the product, uh, the quality aspects, what went into making the beer, the expertise of a brewmaster, et cetera. It's very similar to the cannabis industry and in how you connect with consumers or patients about the product itself, that the functional attributes and the quality. Mm-hmm. One of the things, that I was so proud of, of Steam Whistle was our motto, do one thing really, really well. We only made one beer. And our interest was to become experts at making pilsners. And when I met Pat and Keith from Medifarm, I was really attracted to what they were doing because they weren't a vertically integrated company, but they were just focused on the very specialized business of extraction. And they were trying to become experts at that. And so that whole concept of do one thing is very much alive and well at Medifarm. So on a, you know, company by company basis, that was very relevant for marketing, as well as uh, my knowledge of the industry and and the regulated channels.
1: Interesting to
0: see the parallels between both. Now, would you mind telling our listeners what are some of your core values and how do they translate into your current role?
2: Sure. I think for me personally, I... um, I'm a big believer in um, integrity and marketing, you know, truth and marketing, and and as a person too, I, you know, I like to think that my word is my word, that I I like to follow up on things and Mm -hmm. be true with people and and be transparent and, and, you know, personal integrity. So um, that's one of the core values actually here at Medifarm is integrity, that because we're about making a purified product, integrity translates to quality. But there's also an ethos that we are a company that um, you know follows proper governance and, and disclosure and follows rules and and is transparent in our
0: operations. So there there was a real um, personal fit for me here. Yeah, we can see that. Uh, before we dive into any more topics, would you mind giving our listeners a high level summary of Medifarm Labs and the company's mission?
2: Sure. Medifarm Labs has a goal to be the trusted global leader an industrial-scale manufacturing of high-quality cannabinoid-based derivatives. So that means we'll um, take the plant material, convert it into uh, purified extracts or
0: concentrates, and then uh, further refine into other inputs for advanced products. Amazing. We truly appreciate the summary, Sybil. Would you mind discussing MetaFarm Lab's focus on extractions?
2: Sure. There's... there's um, a number of different elements to our operations here. There are really three stages of extraction. Mm -hmm. Primary extraction is is the main part of our business right now, and really for anybody that's extracting in Canada, limited mostly by um, what Health Canada is allowing to be sold currently. So through primary extraction, we take dried um, flour and, and trim. And we extract out uh, and end up with a a crude resin. And that's anywhere from 75 to 85% purity. That would be a full spectrum product. And um, that can then be sold either bulk uh, to others or uh, formulated, diluted with a carrier oil and and into a tincture bottled product or made into soft gel capsules. So those are the only allowable products right now. Obviously, we're all gearing up for the changing Health Canada regulations, hopefully in the fall, Uh, yet to be announced, that they're going to be allowing edibles, vapables, um, beverages, topicals, and concentrates. Mm -hmm. And you really have to um, go through the secondary stage of of extraction uh, to go to a distillate. So we use short-path distillation here to get to anywhere from 85 to 95% purity. Um, so, so if you think of the crude resin as almost looking like, you know, dark uh, molasses, if you will, the distillate is, is refined and plant proteins, chlorophyll, et cetera, are removed, the, the fats and waxes, and that's going to look more like a clear amber honey you know, real clarity, real purity, and lighter gold in color. Mm -hmm. And then the final stage of our extraction, and I believe that very few people in the world do this, but we are actually going to, you know, 99.9% purity by actually fractionating the distillate into individual uh, cannabinoid molecules. And so what we're ending up with is an isolate in the end, a, a, a very pure form of cannabinoid, the individual THC molecule or thc CBG, CDN, etc. And uh, those isolates can be used individually or in combination either for medical research trials or ultimately in um, cannabinoid-based medicine.
0: That's amazing and incredibly interesting. So prior to this recording, as you can imagine, Manu and I were sifting through as many articles as possible and the one consistent message is that Metapharm Labs has extremely high standards when it comes to their facilities. So, would you mind sharing with our listeners, as well as the cannabis industry, what separates Metapharm's facilities from the rest?
2: Uh, Pat McCutcheon is from the pharmaceutical industry. He's our CEO and one of our founders. And Keith Strawn had actually been working at uh, Royal Victoria Hospital here in Barrie Uh, and in supply chain and business development, and that's when he and Pat met. So because they both come from healthcare and sort of a pharmaceutical perspective, when they envisioned, dreamed, and then built Medifarm, they really saw it as being a pharmaceutical company within the cannabis industry. And so when they built out our labs here, they hired the same consultants that built the Pfizer labs to build our labs here. So those would include eight different ISO-rated uh, clean rooms. We have credible HVAC systems here with that can control the parts per million of particles in the air. We have high air air changeover so that we actually have individual. I think there's 20 or 25 different zones here of uh, critical environment, so we can actually balance the humidity, temperature, and particles in the room uh, to to optimize for whatever operation happening. So, for example, when you're milling the cannabis. You know, there's a lot of powdery uh, particles in the air from milling, so we want to make sure that we have the driest possible uh, humidity conditions so that we don't have clumping and and we don't uh, have the particles, you know, all over the room clinging to machinery, etc. So we can actually perfectly um, manage all of environmental aspects of each and, and, and every part of our uh, operations through these standards. Mm-hmm. We also took into account uh, GMP, which stands for Good Manufacturing Practices uh, Workflow. And GMP is really the pharma standard. Right now in Canada, through Health Canada regulations, cannabis industry are really guided by GPP, which is Good Production Practices, which is essentially an agricultural standard. And although it's good, uh, it's quite geared towards cultivators. And, you know, we're not that. We're not growing. We're, we're not cultivating. We are really the, a laboratory, a science laboratory. And so we've ad- adhered to GMP standards, uh, which are essentially pharmaceutical standards around the world. So that's sort of where we differentiate ourselves at, uh, to others.
0: Ah, that's really interesting. And thanks for explaining the differences. So we're very curious, what does it mean to be Canada's leader in extraction?
2: We're really proud of the fact that Medifarm Labs is uh, sort of known as Canada's leader in extraction. Part of that is because uh, Pat and Keith um, had the vision to become a really specialized extractor without first being a cultivator, so not being vertically integrated. We were the first company in Canada that approached Health Canada about becoming licensed only for cannabis processing, not for cannabis cultivation. And, and uh, we were the first to receive that license. We sort of broke the mold with Health Canada as far as allowing people to become licensed that way. Mm-hmm. And I think we had something like an eight or nine-month head start to anybody else that has followed behind us in the extraction-only model. and. Being a first mover, we got in early. We've been doing all the research on processes. We've worked with all the suppliers to modify the equipment, uh, to customize our own methodologies, to develop proprietary standard operating procedures here at Medifarm. Um, we've hired all kinds of people in the industry and trained them uh, as well being a leader, a first mover, we've um, made contacts. Now we're now working with at least twenty different licensed producers, whether it's on the supply side or actually selling them uh, from our white label program, either uh, white label branded products for them or wholesale, um, you know, bulk supplies. Mm-hmm. So, um, first mover status has really given us leadership expertise as well as operating at scale. And uh, I think we sort of surprised people as well on our financial performance that um, we've been running now uh, as a revenue generating company only since November uh, 2018 Um, that's when we got our sales license from Health Canada and uh, so having been generating for less than six months now revenue uh, we're already in the top 10 I believe we're even in the top 5 revenue producing companies in Canada so that's that really is perhaps where some people would regard us as the leader.
1: Now, being a leader in extraction, you might have a good pulse on my next question, which is, where do you see oil extraction going in the next three years?
2: A lot of, a lot of uh, where extraction is going is going to be led by regulation. Um, we're, we're all very much looking forward to the expanded product list, which Health Canada is going to allow in, in the fall, and that's really going to lead where extraction's going mm-hmm. uh, as well um there are more than 40 or 50 jurisdictions now around the world that are allowing for legal cannabis consumption most of those being medical or medicinal not recreational but that's going to change as well how cannabis glows around around the globe and so um because canada is the leader internationally i think not just MediFarm, but most companies in in this In this market are also looking at where they will take extraction globally
3: Mm -hmm.
2: a big part of um, the economics of uh, cannabis is the cost per gram to grow as the base ingredient for everybody else's products and um, everybody's predicting that at some point you know whether that's two five ten or twenty years away um depending on really on on regulation perhaps at some point in the future most of the cannabis is not going to be grown necessarily in canada but in equatorial regions uh, where where it can be grown outdoor year round um you know obviously um the labor market's different in a lot of those those regions that's and and those are places where you know coffee and bananas and so on are being grown and perhaps ultimately a lot of the cannabis of the world will be grown and it will be up to Canada to then be um, the place that does the further refinement and the advanced uh,
1: technical aspects of, of cannabis product uh, manufacturing. Seems like a lot of pressure for Canada, I think uh, we'll be able to take it on. We're up for the challenge. Lead, lead the yeah. world in that. Um, just want to touch on uh, which industries you believe will benefit the most from the use of CBD and THC oil. I know legalization is fairly new and we have a few hurdles to jump through. Just want to keep that in mind. Um, Want to get your thoughts on which industries you believe will have the most impact on that.
2: We often talk about, you know, recreational versus medicinal. But I actually think there's a third category, which in the long run might be um, the biggest segment of all. And that's what I would just call the natural health products. That, um, you know, because of the demographics of the world's population with uh, the baby boomers all aging, there's a huge population that's looking at cannabis for wellness. We know that in most mature markets like California or Colorado, I think everybody's surprised that it's, it's people's mothers and grandmothers uh, that are the biggest purchasers of cannabis products,
3: mm-hmm.
2: partly for the aches and pains of aging or perhaps these women are buying for their aging parents or um, managing the intake of their households recreationally. I know from the alcohol industry that women were actually the biggest buyers of alcohol even you know 55% of purchases of alcohol were made by women even though they might only be consuming about 20% of it because they're buying for their household they're planning uh dinner parties or you know um, family outings or or whatever and they're looking um, for menu development so on a recreational side of things Uh, women are are very key consumers, but also on a medicinal and or natural health product, Um, they're they're key buyers for sure, if not the consumers themselves.
3: Mm -hmm. So I I see the natural health products as a really exciting uh, part of the
2: industry. Um, Obviously, wellness is, is something we all care about as we age. And from Medifarm's perspective, where we're Uh, looking to the long run to be an active uh, pharmaceutical ingredient provider to the world, we believe strongly in in the future of uh, cannabis medicine and uh, so that's probably what excites me the most.
1: Phew! Got those taxes done just in time. I don't know about you but I can feel a rush with the day-to-day and when it comes to doing my taxes or when that time of year rolls by it can easily get lost in the shuffle or rushed. Luckily I can rely on InstaTax for all my tax needs and all it took InstaTax was 30 minutes. Think about it, that's quicker than a pizza. InstaTax also helped realign my business accounting needs from payroll, bookkeeping, monthly financials, and year ends, just to start. It really gives me peace of mind knowing I have the right team at InstaTax in my corner for all my accounting needs. If you find yourself in a situation, or just want the right team to guide you with your accounting needs, visit InstaTax at www.insta-tax.ca or contact InstaTax at 905-737-5811. Once again, that's 905-737-5811, or come visit them at Suite 215 at Hillcrest Mall in Richmond Hill, serving from the same location for over 27 years. And when you do contact InstaTax, remember to mention The Shake for a 5% discount on your personal income taxes. So for our listeners that may not know,
0: uh, would you mind explaining what white label production is?
2: Lab is a contract manufacturing organization. So that means we don't have our own brands, we don't sell direct to consumers or patients, but we make products for others with their brands on them. And in this earliest phase of the cannabis industry, the legal industry, um, we're mostly making products for other licensed producers. Mm -hmm. But when um, there's a broader product range, uh, such as vapes or, or beauty products, cosmetics, you know, sport recovery products, et cetera, uh, we're anticipating that um, CPG customers or um, or organizations or brand-based lifestyle sort of brands um, may, may indeed come into the space and start creating uh, cannabis products without themselves actually being licensed. Mm-hmm. So they would turn to a company like Medifarm to actually make these white-label products from, for them on the basis of us being licensed and uh because we make those active ingredients which can then be um you know oil soluble water soluble dry powdered flavorless odorless and or full spectrum products with enhanced uh, terpenes uh, added in so we can formulate into all kinds of different products and um We'll, we'll do everything from formulation, processing, packaging, and then distribution out to the channels uh, that we are contracted to supply to.
1: Thanks for walking us through white label production. We wanted to pivot into another area. Recently, Medifarm Labs made a donation to Barry's Innovation Hub. Can you tell our audience a bit more about this?
2: Well, when we went through the licensing process to get our Health Canada license for oil production, um, you know, I don't think it's any secret that it's a, it's a tough process, very rigorous and time-consuming to go through. And We were very grateful that the City of Barrie was exceptionally welcoming to our business. I know that hasn't always been the case in every municipality, but Barrie was um, very good. The City of Barrie is very good about encouraging us to um, have our business here set up in Barrie in, in an industrial zone right beside Highway 400. Great access, you know, an hour from GTA.
3: Mm-hmm. And um, I guess this is our way of giving back to the city. We are very
2: first um, publicly traded company, which is headquartered in the city. We now have, uh, in less than a year, hired more than 150 employees. We have become an important part of, of the economy here in the city. And so to give back, um, one of the things we did was contribute a total of $30,000 over three years to what's called the Sandbox Center, which is an entrepreneurial and business uh, existing business uh, think tank that helps um, all businesses of all sizes, whether they're startup or or large enterprises, to just become better running businesses. And um, I guess it's our way of giving back to a community that's been so supportive to
1: us. Seems like Medifarm Labs is growing in leaps and bounds. Uh, We wanted to know what your approach would be to global expansion.
2: Well, right from the get-go, we we had an international play.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Pat McCutcheon had traveled uh, for a couple of years after university and in between jobs, and he'd actually lived for a while in Melbourne, Australia. He had uh, connected with a great group of people there, um, successful business people in their own right. And so um, also because Australia basically adopted almost, word for word, the um, Canadian regulatory framework for cannabis. So it was very easy to just uh, begin to do business in a country that had so many similarities. Mm -hmm. And uh, Warren Everett is our managing director in Australia, Uh, a good friend of Pat's. He's a guy that um, had originally uh, started in the trades uh, out of high school, but then went back to university and uh, became a web developer years ago before the tech boom. And he eventually ran a company called uh, Market One, which had over 700 employees around the world in a, in a huge number of offices. And particularly his role was to manage the Asia, Asia Pacific market. So he's a guy that's used to ex, um, startups, but also running in a, in a professionally well run organization with uh, international focus. Um, He is used to highly regulated industry, and um, it's somebody that we know and trust. So we're really excited that we are building out a mirror facility near Melbourne, uh, Australia, and uh, it will be about 10,000 square foot lab, and we'll be able to process uh, upwards of of 75,000 kilograms of dried cannabis a year, and we'll basically be doing the same kind of extraction and secondary processing there that we're doing here in Canada. Um, aside from servicing the local patient market in Australia, they will also look to export to other regions, i.e. the Asia-Pacific market or elsewhere uh, in the world, if, if need be, where legally uh, allowed.
0: That's really interesting and some absolutely fantastic steps that MetaFarm Labs is taking. So we want to touch on how MetaFarm Labs understands customer preferences and how does this address the future of the concentrate market?
2: Well, we've been spending a lot of time looking, uh, you know, educating ourselves at research that's available. There's obviously a ton coming out of the States because those are more mature markets having been legal for a few years longer. So we spent a lot of time researching uh, existing markets. Obviously there's new research that's coming out just this week. Uh, Deloitte announced uh, their study. Mm-hmm. They've... Um, you know, provided that free as a white paper to anybody that was interested. And they've, they've done a ton of research. Health Canada obviously is accumulating a lot of data as well. So anywhere that we can, um, Ipsos so, Reed has READ has a large syndicated study called the Alcohol Consumption Tracker, which has added a cannabis component to it. And they survey thousands of people every year across the country uh, about their consumption uh, habits. Uh, both for alcohol and cannabis, where, you know where they are consuming, who they're with, are they eating food or not, what kind of mood they're in, what kind of activities they're doing. So there's lots of ways that we're researching and educating ourselves, as well as being in, in contact with the um, cannabis and liquor boards across the country that are managing, um, you know, the sales of products, just to be sure that we're always on top of trends and also forecasting where it's going. Mm-hmm. A lot of the partners that come to us are looking for us to um, provide guidance to them about the kinds of products that they should launch. And as well, because we're working with 20 different uh, suppliers, we're able to, without revealing specific data about our, about our clients, we're able to be aware of where trends are going and even in terms of things like package size preferences or, um, you know, type of... Uh, tincture, you know, syringes and that kind of thing, or closures. We're just aware of of where things are going in the market and able to share that information for those that uh, choose to come to us for contract manufacturing.
0: Thanks, Sybil. So we touched about this a bit earlier in our podcast and wanted to take a moment to dive a bit deeper. We want to discuss the edible market. Uh, We know it's coming up. So we're wondering, what's MetaFarm Labs' stance on the edible market, as well as, what have you guys done to prepare yourselves for the legalization of edibles, otherwise known as Legalization 2.0? Well,
2: we've hired, a, you know, science scientists here, researchers on staff, and we've also uh, set up um, a science advisory committee. Uh, of world-renowned experts to sort of advise us and, and be aware of trends and activities in other markets around the world. So I think we're, we're investing quite heavily in research and development. MediFarm Labs doesn't intend directly to be a producer of edibles, but we will be an active ingredient provider to those that need them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to be difficult to uh, be managed both under the Health Canada cannabis Regulations, And also under the Canada Food Inspection Agency um, and having HACCP uh, qualifications to be a food producer, because regulations don't allow you to make infused edibles or infused beverages in the same facilities as existing food or beverage manufacturers, I think what we're going to end up with is a number of uh, licensed contract manufacturer food or beverage producers, um, much like we're the active ingredient contract manufacturer, uh, we might end up being, um, you know, the, the main partner for some of these food producers in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a lot of the stigmatization of cannabis will go away once we have forms of consumption that people are more used to, be it a beverage or a food product. That those are shareable. Those are those are. Uh, items or consumables that we're used to, uh, sharing amongst friends and family in celebration and a very positive sort of optimistic occasion. And I think that, um, the average, um, consumer, the average sort of curious cannabis consumer that hasn't yet come into the market is because they're not comfortable perhaps using apparatus like a bong or, you know, a torch or whatever they, they just aren't comfortable even rolling a joint. And so there are I think there's quite a sizable market that is going to be enticed to come into cannabis and try the products out that are more socially acceptable so food and beverage or even topicals for that matter mm-hmm. And um, you know I'm really I'm really excited about the future and, and I, I see how um, you know in craft brewing we, we weren't about, Getting drunk and consuming a ton of beer, chugging. We were about savoring and sipping and pairing in a menu and creating ambiance and an occasion. And I can see that that's going to be part of the same uh, excitement and enticement for people to move into cannabis products.
0: That's amazing. I know Mando and I are both looking forward towards seeing what options the new market will provide for consumers. So we want to pivot into another area, and we were wondering if you can explain to our listeners, what is downstream secondary extraction methodology?
2: Downstream secondary extraction methodology is really about uh, that second and third uh, phase of extraction that I mentioned at the outset. That primary extraction is what we all know about, like supercritical CO2 extraction. But secondary processing is where you take that crude extract and then you further refine it. So in our case, we use short-path distillation, uh, where you can actually separate out uh, different elements of the resin into distillate, uh, and then you can further refine it through fractionation. We use uh, a centrifuge partition chromatography to separate out and fractionate the individual cannabinoids. And so what you end up with in the end is an isolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we isolate individual cannabinoid molecules into 99% pure form, uh, be it THCV, CBG, CDN, etc. And and those can then be studied or, or consumed uh, individually.
0: Makes sense. Now, from all the research we've done, one thing that is extremely apparent is that Metafarm Labs is always thinking about the future. So could you share with our listeners how does Metapharm Labs create forward-thinking strategies for an evolving cannabis landscape?
2: Our senior leadership team at Medifarm Labs is always thinking, you know, partly about today and obviously, you know, how we can always continually improve our processes and our quality and our efficiency, etc. But we're also looking forward to the future. So we have to think a year ahead, three years, five years ahead. Mm -hmm. And whether that's researching emerging technologies or speaking you know, to, to great advisors around the world through our science team or attending conferences. Um, we all subscribe to a ton of newsletters here. We're always um, reading new research.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We're sometimes delivering that research. We're actually uh, doing a number of research experiments here on site as well at this time, testing out new equipment or new methods. And so I think it's just really imperative that if we want to remain on the leading edge, um, which is our, our goal, of course, um, we have to be investing time and attention and resources uh, to be sure that we're actually uh, you know, up on that forefront and actually creating that new technology and, and research and understanding ourselves. So we're quite invested in that process. Um, we recently have, have partnered with Mount Sinai Icon School of Medicine Mm -hmm. uh, in the States, in New York City. Uh, We're contributing $5 million worth of CBD gel caps and financial contribution towards the largest international study, uh, medical research, double-blind clinical research trial to uh, provide non-addictive CBD-based medicine to displace Uh, opioid addiction for people with pain and anxiety. So we're really excited about that. That's obviously a huge undertaking for us. Uh, More than 500 patients will be involved in that study in sites around the world, in the U.S., in Canada, Australia, Jamaica, and Europe. And um, that kind of research could be really groundbreaking, both for understanding the uses and benefits of CBE, but also, you know, for ultimately the manufacturer
1: of that. Hey Jai, have you been to one of those paint parties? You know, the ones where you sit around drinking wine and paint the scenic picture placed in front of you? I went once, and from that day I knew I was lacking some creative bones. So luckily, when it came to how I wanted my business to look from my imagination, I have Rukimu Productions for all my creative thoughts to come alive. Rukimu Productions really helped my business with graphic design to logo and branding. I can probably tell you that Rukimo Productions is a one stop shop that works with you to create your vision for the world to see. Visit rukimo.pb.online for more information and contacts. That's rukimo.pb.online. Rukimo.pb.online. Thanks. So,
0: as we know, you pivoted from the alcohol to the cannabis industry, and we're hoping you can share with our listeners what has surprised you the most about the cannabis industry so far.
2: I think what surprised me the most about the industry is the pace of it. Um, You know, because it's a new industry entirely, um, and, you know, we were all racing to get up and running before the October 17th legalization last year. Many of us were also going public at the same time. Um, There's just been such a a frenzied pace of... um, being ready, being, being the leaders in the world, everybody's watching us. And so there's a huge uh, bar that we all have to live up to and, and also raise and elevate because everybody's watching us. And I'm really proud of the way Canada's operating. I think they're doing things uh, properly. Mm-hmm. They're setting these really strict, rigorous standards federally that we're all living up to. We're also self-managing as an industry at uh, many farms, part of an organization called the Global Cannabis Partnership, which has been formed to be an oversight body to establish responsible manufacturing and responsible use practices. And I, I'm really encouraged by that. I think it's exciting that the industry is just managing itself so well and, um, you know, just, just setting the bar for the world.
0: So we got a chance to hear you talk about it a bit in person and we want to get your thoughts and we're hoping you can share with our listeners why you believe supply chain management will be vital to the success of the cannabis industry.
2: Well, good marketing really is about getting the right product at the right time, in the right place for consumers. And obviously a big part of that is supply chain management. And you hear stories in the, and in the media all the time right now about how there isn't enough supply. But we actually are finding the opposite, that there are so many cultivators now, especially the small and medium-sized ones, that if they're coming on stream and more and more acreage um, or square footage in greenhouses and indoor grow is, is coming online... Um, and they actually are all harvesting this product, but they're maybe having difficulty converting it into, um, you know, the right products or getting it packaged into the right format and getting it out onto the shelves or into the e-stores uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. And it may be that there's, um, you know, some products sitting in New Brunswick uh, that's in oversupply, but there's actually, uh, you know, an undersupply of the same product category in Alberta. And so... People have to sort of, um, I think I think as an industry, we need to do a, a better job of managing the flow of products um, to the right place at the right time for consumers. And some of that will happen when the regulations are relaxed to allow a greater range of products mm-hmm. so that consumers are getting the right the right things that they want at the right time. Of course, there's going to be a challenge, too, because now we're all going to have to learn how to convert and produce, uh, you know, such a much broader range of products, and so I can imagine that there's going to be a period of, um, you know, instability uh, where perhaps supply doesn't meet demand while all of these different parts of the value chain or supply chain get up to speed and get processing and, uh, and start connecting with consumers.
0: So it's a bit of a hot topic, and we know everyone has their own opinion. But we have to ask, would you mind sharing with our listeners your thoughts on how the rollout of legalization of recreational cannabis was executed in Canada?
2: I actually think that we've done a good job. When you look at um, some of the state jurisdictions in the U.S., where um, California, for example, where they decided you know, on January 1st last year to make recreational legal. But they didn't first put in place standards for testing or standards for packaging and whatnot. They gave people six months in order
3: to um, sort of come into spec or come into code. Mm -hmm. And
2: I was hearing all kinds of stories about how at the six-month mark, basically 90% of the products were being pulled off shelves because they they didn't meet regulations. So they were uh, the industry just wasn't ready, and, and it was kind of a backward step for the industry. As well, you were hearing horror stories about how they were doing tests on products, and there were all kinds of contaminants, be it uh, heavy metals or pesticides or um, you know other kinds of molds and mildew contaminants, that kind of things that were in products because none of the organizations were actually being held to the standards at the point of manufacture. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, Canadians were probably more conservative in the way we did things. But but by having federal oversight and federal legality, it meant that from the get-go, we were doing things properly. And yes, of course, it meant for a slower rollout. We didn't allow all products at one time. But I think that they've they've, uh, obviously been doing their homework. They're trying to figure out how they can manage things like Canada Food Inspection Agency or... Um, exportation of products and the impact on on other manufacturers we have to protect Canada's reputation abroad and domestically and and uh, I actually think you know they've done a pretty good job it's not it's not easy there's no question when you're rolling out an entire new industry that had once been illegal I think th- they've done a good job I think I think it's not easy
0: yeah I know Mando and I echo similar sentiments about the rollout for as long as we can remember, there has been a negative stigma surrounding cannabis, so much so that there's even a term coined canophobia. For Mando and I, we created this podcast to usher in a new wave of information and really spark discussion about the cannabis industry, medicinal and recreational communities. So we want to ask you, why do you believe promoting education and awareness is vital to the longevity of cannabis?
2: Well, knowledge is power, right? That that if people understand uh, what the product itself, they understand the science behind it. I think they they can then have an appreciation. I think the very fact that the product is now legal um, is the number one hurdle because there are a lot of people that perhaps you know were interested in cannabis but were afraid to shop for it through legal means or whatever. So being legal is the first stage, but I think. The second stage is going to be actually educating people about the science and understanding the potential uh, benefits. And and obviously, there has to be balance, there has to be transparency, that there could be drawbacks and, and side effects and, and so forth. I think we have to be honest and, and uh, we have to be transparent in our education.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think that, that um, some of that is not just the education that comes from the authorities or from the... Manufacturers, but also the consumers themselves, that this is a very personal thing, that your own metabolism and the way that you uh, react to different forms, to different dosages, to different uh, strains perhaps, um, you will have a very personal experience. And so some of that education is just going to come over time as consumers try different products, try different manufacturers, try different strains, different product forms, Mm -hmm. even their own physical conditions, what they've eaten that day, how much sleep they've had, et cetera. So this is going to be about a very personal education, um, and we can obviously aid that with the kind of knowledge that we provide, whether it's on product websites or through bud tenders or through conferences and, and media education. I was really encouraged to hear that The College of Pharmacists here in Ontario is having mandatory training for all pharmacists to be educated on the endocannabinoid system and on cannabis products. That's amazing. And I wish that more regulatory health bodies like that, whether it's College of Physicians and Surgeons or, you know, nurse practitioners or what have you, um, if all of those would adopt the mandatory education, I think that would be amazing to just accelerate the uptake and acceptance of cannabis in our society.
0: Thanks, Sybil. Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners MetaFarm Labs' promise, as well as what excites you the most about MetaFarm's future?
2: I'm really proud to work at MetaFarm Labs. I, I really respect um, you know, their, their focused approach, their expertise, and, and their um, integrity, their ethos. Um, our promise really is about trust and assurance, product safety, Precise dosability. What what we're promising to patients and consumers is a consistent, reliable experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, because it's through, you know, purity, removal of contaminants, uh, making sure that we do all, all the product testing before cannabis is even received. You know, we we really scrutinize the kinds of partners that we're working with, so that there's no possibility of illegal pesticides or contamination or heavy metals, et cetera, to be in our product. Um, we are we're testing and triple testing at every stage of our process we're using third parties to validate our testing and um, also the extraction itself especially to the purity levels that we're able to get to we can actually promise precise dosability so that if a doctor prescribes a certain amount that's precisely the amount that will be in the tincture or the soft gel or whatever that's given to you and so I I'm really proud of that and and that's the promise, you know, uh, product assurance.
0: Thanks for that, Sybil. So we like to ask all of our guests, is there a book, a past experience, or a piece of technology that has helped shape who you are today?
2: Uh, as a marketer, I think one of the best books that I've ever read is a book called Customer for Life. It's really about um, listening to your customer, having an individual one-on-one conversation with them and, and making a connection with them. And um that really kind of uh, registered with me, and, and certainly that's the way we operated at Steam Whistle Brewing. We personally answered every email, every phone call, every text, every tweet, et cetera, that ever came to us. We tried to do it on a super timely basis.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't have the luxury here at um, Medifarm of having a consumer brand where we connect one-on-one with customers, but certainly if we have questions or comments from Any of our partners um, as an organization, we absolutely strive to be accessible, to be ready to respond, uh, to be truthful, to be transparent, um, to educate, and to be, you know, a a really good partner uh, to people that we work with. And um, so I think uh, customers are. Even people that you work with internally, right? And as a marketer, I support other departments here. I help make training videos internally, or put up signage, or indoctrination process for our staff. And so, I see the internal employees at Medifarm, uh, my customers, just as much as the patients, or investors, or regulators, or end consumers. Um, all of those are my constituents, and so. I guess, uh, you know, that's the way I like to conduct myself personally, and I respect that MediFarm is an organization that
0: believes in that as well. Sybil, we really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us on The Shake for a discussion on MetaFarm Labs. Before we let you go, uh, would you mind telling our listeners how to get in touch with MetaFarm Labs, uh, your company website, as well as the social media platforms MetaFarm Labs is active on?
2: Yeah, uh, MediFarm Labs dot com is our website. Uh we're very active on social media. Uh we have LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh so you can just Google Medifarm Labs so I'm sure we'll pop up on your feed. Um we post multiple times a day. We're we're very interested in connecting with people. Uh we share a lot of news not just about ourselves but about the industry and advancements, whether it's in science or politics or um you know, globally as well as here in Canada. And so I hope that you would look for us on our feeds and and connect with us there.
1: We want to give a huge thank you to Sybil Taylor, Chief Marketing Officer at Medifarm Labs, for joining The Shake. Please check out their website, www.medifarmlabs.com, as well as their social media handles, Instagram at Metafarm Labs and Twitter at Metafarm Labs. We also want to thank our loyal Shake listeners for spending the last 50 minutes with us. You can join the discussion or drop us a line at www.triosolution.com and on Instagram at Triosolution, Twitter at THS underscore audio and Facebook. Be sure to look out for our next episode when we chat with another industry leading rep. We hope you enjoyed our session and stay tuned for our next podcast. Are you into sports and fitness? How about weed? Weed? Yes, weed! You may think they're in two different leagues, but certain elements of cannabis can come off the bench and play a pivotal role. Trio Solution is in introducing a new branch that pairs sports and weed together, called Sports Cannabis. Are you a pro, or do you like to think you are? Or maybe an average Joe? Learn how professional athletes and yourself can get more out of performance and recovery. Join us on Instagram at Sports Cannabis and stay tuned for more updates. The Shake is a podcast on cannabis and is brought to you by Trio Solution content media platform. All content is produced, edited, and created by Jai and Mando. Please subscribe and like the shake on anywhere you listen to your podcast.